Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Well, welcome to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave Ripper from Crossway here in Nashua, and we're on day 28 of a 40-day journey where we are learning and praying about how to cultivate greater spiritual freedom so that God might use us to help spread kingdom presence, to help get heaven into people and our churches and our communities for his greater glory and the good of the world around us and for our joy. Last time, we explored the idea of God calling us to forget what is behind so that we might press on toward God's calling of spreading kingdom presence here on earth. And that begins by each of us becoming bigger Christians. Today, we're going to explore the first of three reliable patterns of spiritual transformation so that heaven might get into our lives as we become and live more and more like Jesus. But let me begin by just airing out a little bit of surprise that I have found over the years that I have been in pastoral ministry. Becoming more like Jesus has been the greatest pursuit of my life, and I am convinced it's the greatest opportunity of life here on earth. But what has absolutely stunned me is how resistant so many dedicated, faithful Christians are to becoming like Christ. I'm not here to point fingers because there are undoubtedly areas of resistance in my own life, but I have been surprised by how many want to believe the right things, be on the right side of an issue, feel good, have our children commit their lives to Jesus, and do enough good in the world that we feel like we're good people, but don't have to make major sacrifices to to do so. Yet the Bible in so many places, like Romans 12, 2, tells us to be transformed. And that transformation is actually possible. Yet I think that idea of really changing can be terrifying for a lot of us because we'd rather be in control or have our way and experience as little change as we need to in order to get into heaven. And I'll just confess that when I look at who I am 23 years after dedicating my life to following and practicing the way of Jesus together with others, I thank God that he has brought me so much freedom and healing and empowerment and transformation into my life through his Holy Spirit. I can't even imagine what my life would be like if I allowed myself to stay stuck spiritually, which at times I've wanted to. So today, to get unstuck spiritually, or perhaps break through in an area of your life that has been holding you back or weighing you down, I'd like to explore the first of three reliable patterns for spiritual transformation, and we'll look at John 15. And sometimes I've quoted passages multiple times throughout this series, and repetition is truly key to learning. And my favorite teacher, of course, Dallas Willard, one of the things you'll notice if you really immerse yourself in his writings or or talks is that he repeats himself often. 
And so I'm not going to apologize uh, for being repetitive at times because I believe it is fundamental to our spiritual growth. We don't just need new content. We need to encounter Christ. So let's listen to Jesus' words from John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Those are Jesus' words from John 15, 1 through 11. And out of this amazing text, which I believe demonstrates Jesus' reliable pattern for spiritual growth, we can look at three key steps that I believe helps us get in on the continual progressive spiritual growth that Jesus desires each and every one of us to have firsthand experience with. And again, crucial to getting heaven in the people is not perfection. It's about progress. And the way we can progress toward Christ-likeness, which I believe is the goal uh, that leads us toward union with God, which I've described as the goal of the Christian spiritual life. Here are three keys that we see in Jesus' life to kind of unlock this growth in our life. Abiding, obedience, and abundance. Abiding, obedience, and abundance. These are kind of like a flywheel. I love in Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, how he talks about the flywheel effect. That if you just picture a a flywheel 30 feet in diameter, maybe weighing like 5,000 pounds, and you try and push it to get one rotation, what can take hours and hours of effort uh, to help it make one full rotation, but after it starts to make a first, a second, a third rotation, a hundredth rotation, it begins to gain momentum that it starts to be moving on its own. And I believe what Jesus lays out is a type of flywheel for us to gain spiritual momentum toward transformation that he desires for us to see in our lives. So let's look at these three simple words that we find in the text, abiding, obedience, and abundance. First, Jesus says to abide in me or dwell with me or remain with me. Be with me, be in my company, be in my presence Seek after me. Willard would say we should seek after Jesus or his kingdom like we are looking for lost keys. Imagine wanting to be with Jesus to that degree, not to get something from him, but to treasure him, to be with him. 
And in being with him, the natural result of us spending a lot of time with Jesus is that we start to do the things that he has called us to do. We don't just have to try to obey, to do the things we should do and to avoid the things that we shouldn't. But when we spend so much time with Jesus, we can arrange our lives in such a way that we might more easily and routinely become the kind of people who would just do what Jesus said, refrain from what he tells us, takes us away from the kingdom of God, moves us away from him. So how might God be inviting you to abide with him here today? If we take care of our abiding, God, I believe, will help us obey. And obedience, Jesus says, is what loving God is all about. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. You'll do what I desire for you to do. When heaven is getting into us, we are more easily and routinely doing the things that Jesus called us to, the way Jesus would do it if he were us. That's why we want to apprentice our lives to Jesus so that we can get in on that remarkable opportunity in life here and now. And this gives glory to the Father. So we are to abide in his love. And as we obey out of the overflow of our abiding, we start to experience the abundance of life that Jesus offers. Now, a lot of us want the abundance of Jesus without having to abide or without having to obey. But we can't get to the abundance without the obedience, and we can't get to the obedience in a sustained way without the abiding with God. And as we experience that abundance, what does that look like? I just love verse 11. Jesus says, I said these things to you. I've talked about what transformation can look like so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. As we've talked about before, according to Willard, God is the most joyous being in the universe. And the very joy that God experiences in and of himself, he wants us to share in. And we can't share in that by trying to prove ourselves to God or accomplish all these great things, and then we'll have joy. It starts by simply being with him. And being with him can be a little bit painful at times. When we get into the presence of someone who is so much greater, it starts to reveal some of our own imperfections. And God allows those imperfections to be revealed in us, not that we would feel condemned, but that we would feel invited towards something greater And so God prunes us, prunes what is taking our energy away from channeling it fully and wholeheartedly toward him. How might God want to prune you so that you might more fully be with him, so that you may obey and out of that obedience, experience the abundance. And out of that abundance of joy that we experience, we then have a greater desire to abide with God. And that abiding leads to obeying. That obeying leads to greater levels of abundance, even in the midst of painful and difficult circumstances. And so if we want to get heaven into people and heaven into us, it begins simply by carving out the time, not out of an obligation, but out of an ever-deepening desire to be with God, to look for him like those lost keys and to receive the invitation to be in the presence of the greatest being to ever exist, who has always existed and who has loved you with an everlasting love. That's the God that is seeking you out today.
So for us to help spread kingdom presence, we have to first be in the presence of God, abiding, obedience, and abundance. And so may you enjoy the fullness of joy found in the very presence of God as you abide with him. And may that allow you and empower you more easily and routinely to do all that God would want you to do. And may you experience that abundant life, the life to the limit, the life to the full that Jesus, as John 10.10 tells us, that he came to bring. And may your transformation into Christ-likeness never stop, never cease, until Christ comes again. Be transformed, friends, by the renewing of your minds. We'll see you next time for that second reliable pattern of spiritual growth that I'll share with you tomorrow.